Hi, this is Dan Penna, head football coach in upstate New York, and you're listening to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio with host Eric Fiorillo, where we connect your brain to your brawn. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. And um, today is the 9th of March, 2019, here in Albany. It's nice and sunny. Supposed to get up in the 40s. I'm going to train tonight because I guess tomorrow it's supposed to be very warm, but lots of rain. And I'm, I'm trying with, well, we don't try, we succeed. But I'm going out with everything I've got to be able to stand up out there because we've still got a ton of snow and ice in the driveway, and it makes it brutal to do that stuff. And, you know, I'm not going down on my behind or somewhere else. So that's why I'm doing this. Hopefully uh, by late tonight, you know, we'll have some melt-off, and I'll be able to do it, but we'll see what happens. Also, too, um, stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Keep your attention on what we're talking about here because um, we got quite a show. We've got a number of shows. We've got our pal Scott Shetler on coming in momentarily who we always get into the mental end no matter what. Uh, we've got our pal um, Steve Cotter coming on. And the name of that show on Monday afternoon is called Hammer and Nail. So you can imagine where we're going to go with our brains that day. Uh, we're getting in, as I was telling Scott offline, we're getting into be, mainly because of the way I'm going mentally and I'm doing everything I can to get anybody and everybody involved here with it. We've got a new kid coming in here. His name's John DeLiva, uh, recommended by our pal Frank uh, DeMeo down in Florida in the cave. And Frank has been nothing but gold to me from the very beginning he's a regular on the show he hasn't been on in a while but he's a big contributor behind the scenes and he's the one who told me about john well john texted me yes or uh, i'm sorry facebooked me yesterday and we spoke on skype for about 20 minutes maybe great kid i wouldn't call young man he's 17 he lives about 20 minutes from me He's down in uh, Westchester competing in Strongman again today. Um, he's going to be very interesting. He's going to come over to my house, the FBC Stone and Steel Yard. We're going to do some training as soon as we can get the rocks thawed off the ground, among other things. So we're going to be doing, we are doing more and more shows with younger gentlemen and ladies. Um, big focal point this year, forever, forever. And you ought to hear, this kid is very professional you ought to hear about, say what he, wait till you hear what he says about his peers. You're going to be like, well, Scott, Eric, Dr. Wong, they weren't wrong, were they? No, we aren't wrong. And we're going to get into that heavily. So stay tuned. I'm hoping I can get John on within the next couple of weeks, depending our schedules. So thank you, Frank DeMeo, as usual. You're a hell of a guy. Um, also, too, 
Don G. Fardino, who's on this afternoon. He's uh, he's employed us to do some uh, advertising for him. So the first order of business here is you get with this coupon code, you'll get $45 off any complete 8X kit, mace club, arc, big deal kit, and trainer pack. If you give the code of MM19, it's good till 331, which is the end of this month. You can contact Don through 8xclub.com. Or you can get a hold of him on Facebook, and I know he'll respond to you because he's another person that if you ask, you will find and you will receive. So think about that. Um, If you're on the fence about a club, go out and talk to Don. Go out and look at his website, and I'm sure Don can help you out with any of your questions. also, to FiorelloBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions, Inc., that is our premier product. Go out, look at that, make a decision, make an educated decision. There's enough material on there, I'm telling you, to start a lifetime with. We can add anything we want to it. I haven't done it, mainly because there are just so many other demands right now on me. But as things lessen up, there will be more and more things. we probably got seven products on the shelf that need to be finished. And when the weather gets better, I'm going to have my niece come over here and start filming us. And we are looking at John McKean coming either in April or March with his sons and his grandson. That ought to be one hell of a show here, let me tell you, because I can't wait. It's been my lifelong dream to meet my mentor, John McKean. He is one of the most incredible people you'll ever talk to. 70 years old, he trains like a 35-year-old. He is absolutely amazing. So all the stuff you're hearing, all these products coming out of here are all emulating people like with Scott, with Dr. Wong, with Andrew Derniat, with Charlie Oliphant, Stevie Shanks, all these people that I've met through the show. Now, I haven't met any of them in person, but I take stuff from everything we do and we use it here, whether we modify it for something or we use it for the mental attitudes. Everything you're hearing out of me just isn't from me. It's from all of our family members who have been so gracious with their time with me. So I thank everybody for that. Also, too, um, Prosperity Consciousness on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. There's a $25, $50, and $100 um, you know, investment in here. Start investing in us. It's a win-win. And break $25, $50, or $100 down in a year. It's pennies. And you're getting material here. Um, Douglas Graham sent me a note. He listened to the Dr. Wong show that just went up the other day. He said, I don't listen to anybody else anymore. He said, there's no point. He said, I listen to you. He goes, holy God. And I thanked him for it. Douglas has been on here, great friend of the show. Um, This is what we want. I was telling Scott before we came on, this is what I want in the camp. This is what I want in the family. Um, Loyalty is my main thing. That's the Italian end. But you need to be loyal to people, and you need to look out for one another, especially when you're involved in business and you don't know what could be coming down the road business-wise. So if more people took that attitude, you wouldn't have a lot of the problems you have right now. Take it from a guy that is giving you gold when he tells you all this. Also, too, go out to uh, motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Go out and look at all the shows Scott and I have done. i got to look at the date, but i got to believe Scott's been with me for three years now. Uh, he and I have done some blasting shows. I mean, just everything is better, better, and better. So go out and look at that. Also, too, sign up for our free newsletter. Um, 
that's right there. It'll go right out to MailChimp. You'll be on there. I just put something out last week. I'm going to get much more regular with it and go from there. Also, too, uh, advertising here. It's relatively cheap. We're going to be around for at least 30 years. Invest in us. We will help you make money. And there's nobody that's ever come in here and didn't make something, whether selling products or just the notoriety. It's just very important to get your brand out there. Um, also, too, Fiorello. Um, we're on YouTube, Fiorello Barbell Company. Real men, real strength, real power. I'm going to give you a little information on Scott here. Let me just bring this up. All right. Scott is the owner of Extreme Performance Training Systems. He's a trainer, writer, and the host of Strength and Health TV. That's a podcast, too. Um, excellent stuff. Um, I'd like to get him writing, but I'm going to ask him. I forgot to ask him. I know he's got a blog. I'd like to see if I could steal some articles off there because when I'm trying, well, no trying, we succeed here. I want to get a number of people involved here. In fact, I'm going to have Scott. He's going to do a front end for me, too, like Dr. Wong and Charlie Oliphant just did. I want, there's a number of people I really want to get more involved if they're willing to get involved in the show this year, whether it's that or blogs or maybe we do multiple shows. I don't know yet because we're doing so many things behind the scenes that are taking up so much of my time besides working. Um, I just don't have the hours sometimes. But, you know, you get it all done, and that's the idea of what we love to do. No matter what, you get it done. No matter how much pain, you get it done. That's the drive you need to have to succeed. That's not taught anywhere really too much anymore. Even a lot of parents don't teach that. They don't think it's right to make a lot of money. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'll be a billionaire if I can do it. I guarantee I'll be a millionaire, but I'll even be a billionaire if I want it. And that's the way it is. And on that note, the great Scott Shetler. Brother, welcome back. You know it's always an honor, sir. Thanks, Eric. It's always good to be on here with you, man. Thank you. Um, any information I missed, obviously, websites or anything coming up, lay it out. And we're going to do a show today. Scott just got back from the Arnold, and we're going to do something that's called Stand Out. And you'll understand that as we go along. So take it away, my friend. Uh, yeah, just, you know, like always, if people are interested in seeing what I do, uh, my website is eptsgym.com. And I think you'll put a link to that, you know, in the show notes and stuff, but yeah, there's links to all my, uh, social media pages. There's links to my blog that you talked about. Um, the, uh, video blogging that I do as well as the podcast that I started. So all that's right there on the site. They can also get information about what I offer as far as, uh, in-person training and my online coaching program. And then I also keep a personal website at scottsheller.com, which is just a little bit more focused on uh, the things that I, the projects that I do, like my books, my blogging and, and things like that. But everything that I do, they can find if they go to either of those websites. And uh, that's about it, man. All right. Let me ask you a question, being a podcaster now. How do you like podcasting? You know, I, I like it. Um, you know, I've been a guest on so many podcasts for so many years, you know, between yeah. yours and uh some other shows that I've been on and things like that. And I think it's a great way to get information out there. And, yeah. you know, podcasts are podcasts and audio books are two of the things that I listen to the most. Like the only time I really listen to music is when I'm lifting yeah. other than that. Like if I'm doing like some cardio or if I'm driving or something like that, most of the time I'm either listening to an audio book or, or a podcast or something like that. Unless I just want to be totally brainless or something like that, then I'll just like, play some music or something in the background, but most of the time I'm, I'm listening to those. And I think the uh, audio format is great because even if you're busy, you know, you can listen to something, you know, when, when I drove up to Ohio, 
uh, pretty much just listen to an audiobook and some podcasts. Uh, there's this big audiobook that I'm trying to get finished up. So it's one of those things where even better than video, like I try to do a lot of video blogging yeah. early on and it's great, but unless, you know, what I found was unless I was like demoing like an exercise technique, yep. I could just do a podcast because people are just going to listen to the show. And the yeah. problem with like YouTube, if you don't have, if you're not a paid YouTube subscriber or something like that, you have to have the app up and running. Yeah, you know, I and I know yep. YouTube's doing some things where you can run the app, you can minimize it and stuff like that for certain, uh, certain videos and things like that. But, uh, it's harder to listen to because you have to have it pulled up on your phone. Whereas a podcast app, you can have running in the background and you can have your phone doing other things. Or if you're like, like me, when I'm in the gym, if I'm setting up equipment or I'm, I'm doing some cleaning or something where I can't, you know, watch my phone, I can play it through the speaker and then listen to whatever show that I'm listening to. So I think the podcasts are a great way to get information out there. Uh, that's easily accessible for people. No, I agree. Totally. I got, um, my brother-in-law and sister and the kids gave me one of the presents for Christmas was a wireless speaker. Now I've got it playing behind me. You know, obviously it runs off the phone. Um, I become like insane with Baroque now. Um, that is mine. That is mind mental music, and it touches both lobes in your brain. Um, and it's for thinking, like you wouldn't believe. So I could be listening to say uh, an audio of. Uh, Grant Cardone or uh, Dan Penna, okay? And in the other end, from my laptop, Baroque will be playing. Now, very quietly, like, I don't know if you can hear this behind me. You probably can't, but the sound is incredible, and this is playing while you and I are talking or anybody from now on. I've never picked it up in the stream of the show, so I know it's not bleeding into my mic at all. Great ways to do things when you're not just focused on one thing. Now, I'm focused on the show, but this music is going into my brain right now as we're talking. So this is what I'm trying to teach people. You can become whatever it is you want to be as long as you have a burning desire and you have a commitment to what you love. And on that note, the Arnold, um, first off, um, I know you said off off air it was very busy. Um what were some of the things that grabbed you initially, whether it was visually or verbally or both, Scott? I think just the size uh, that it's become. I, yeah. I first went to it back in uh, 90 uh, – geez, I think 98 was the first year that I went when I was still living in Ohio. Wow. And it was in a different venue back then. Back then it was just in the uh, – well, to say just, I mean it was still a big venue, but it was in the Veterans Memorial in Columbus. Yeah. And – it was still more bodybuilding centric back then. You know, it, 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 the Arnold's arguably one of the biggest bodybuilding shows. You know, I'd, I'd say it's probably second only in the Olympia. Yep. Um, and I think the winners, uh, maybe the first and second place, I'm not, I'm not too sure because I'm not too in the bodybuilding scene, but I know that they get Olympia bids uh, for the win. And I know there's huge prize money for the Arnold too. So back then it was definitely more bodybuilding centric. And when you walked around the expo, it was mostly your sports supplement companies that were yeah. there, you know, giving out their uh, – giving out their products and stuff like that. You also had a lot of equipment companies and then you also had a lot of the bodybuilding stars and the fitness celebrities and stuff who would either have their own booth or they would get hired out and you could do like meet and greets, take photos, you know, with your favorite athletes and stuff. So it was definitely a little smaller too. Um, it was easier to get around the expo back then and the supplement companies, man, you know, my, my buddy Eric and I, we would take like a backpack and <laughs> if you made two laps around the expo floor, you'd have supplements for like a month or two because sure. you'd get, 
you'd get whole packets of like meal replacement powders or protein powders or whatever. And then it's always a great time. Like if you're there on Sunday, a lot of the vendors are trying to offload a lot of their stock because they don't want to travel with it. So they usually give really, really good deals. That would be even better than like specials. They would run you like a lot of times you could catch like, you know, one of the protein powders I like, they always do like a 20 or 25% off sale, you know, like yep, once a yep. month or something like that. Yep. Well, I mean, people would go like 50% off or, you know, wow. 70% or you could even make deals with them back then. But it's, uh, over the years, it's, it's the expos grown to the point where they were, they moved to the, uh, Columbus convention center, which is now where they're at. And now I even saw that, you know, as the martial arts, uh, festival has gotten bigger. They're not even in the Cl- uh, Columbus convention center anymore. They were down at the Ohio expo center, which is like 10 minutes away. So Jeez. It yeah. Was, yeah. So, I mean, it's cool because the, I, I didn't get a chance to go down because I was kind of tied up all day on Saturday. So I didn't really get a chance to go down to the Ohio Expo Center to see the martial arts. But I mean, they've got everything now from, you know, like performance, uh, wushu, Chinese martial arts, all the way to amateur boxing, amateur MMA, uh, judo, jujitsu. I mean, it, it, you think of a martial art and it's represented now on on the martial arts, which is very, you know, it's very cool. And the one thing that was very noticeable this year was, I don't want to say the lack of bodybuilding, because there's still a lot of bodybuilding there. Yeah. But you see the inclusion of so many other sports at a high level, like strongman, uh, powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting. They even had like a Spartan race. They had a American Ninja course. Um, you know, it's just it, pretty much every off the wall kind of cult sport is represented now at the Arnold. So you get that that dynamic in the uh, in the crowd goers. You know, it used to be you always saw, saw the gym bros walking around with their spaghetti string tank tops, you know, flexing <laughs> and stuff like that. And now, I mean, you see everybody from the big, you know, strongman powerlifter types to the to the skinny, wiry little, you know, ninja warrior types and, and everything in between. So it's definitely reflected in the people that are attending it. Yeah. And, man, it's just – I didn't go on the – I only went on the expo floor once on Saturday because we were over in the kettlebell sport uh, venue uh, most of the day. But – it's like shoulder to shoulder people wow. and you know, you're getting up to these booths that, you know, they don't even give out like you get like maybe a bite of a protein bar, you know, they give out like samples, you yeah. know, the, or, yeah. or a little shot glass size of protein or a pre-workout or something like that. Um, so it's not even like these companies are, are giving out a lot of stuff anymore. So it's just, it's amazing the amount of people. And I mean, yeah, you get some of the, the popular fitness people there. Like I know Dana Lynn Bailey's always got a huge crowd around her booth and, you know, Brian Shaw had a massive line, you know, when he, when, when he was in one of the booths, you know, to take pictures and, and stuff like that. So you still get a little bit of that, but man, it's just like bumper to bumper. You know, you're just, you're, you're like a ping pong ball trying to get through a pinball, trying to get through the expo floor to get to wherever you want. And then like, if a, one of the strongman sessions is going on, you know, forget about it. If you're going to be around that stage, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, it was amazing. Uh, so just the overall, uh, volume of participation at both the athlete level and the attendee is massively different, you know, than it was, geez, I don't know. What was it? But now 20 years ago when I went to, sure, went to sure. my first one or whatever. Sure. Um, I'll tell you something that was real interesting. I, I, I know that you were more kettlebell, um, that day, you know, where you were hanging more. Um, a buddy of mine, another local guy, Sean Coleman, who's been on here before, and he'll be coming on in a couple weeks. I think Sean's 50. 
Um, and he, he's a world, he's a world-class power lifter. I mean, he's been everywhere. Um, he broke the record for the deadlift. I don't know if he had heard it or saw it or anything. Sean pulled 860, I believe, at 50 years old at the Army. 860 at 50? Yep. Wow. He's That's a beast. A yeah. yeah. He, he's, he was always a big deadlifter. Always. Um, great guy. Um, real successful. Um. It was just great to hear it. I saw the video. I couldn't believe it. And he said, he said he'll explain the whole thing. I, I, I guess it came down near the wire or whatever. But, yeah, that's why I said congratulations to him. 860 pounds. Guys half his age aren't pulling that. So, um, incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you, uh, do, you wouldn't happen to know, like, because there were so many, like, the XPC powerlifting organization, they had uh, they had a venue. USAPL had a venue. Okay. Um, and then they, they were also doing like some single lift competitions. So, so these were outside of the expo. So oh, like okay. when you're at the Columbus convention center, yep. you have the main expo area, which is the big, you know, it's the huge open area where everything is. But then in the hallway, you've got all these like, um, these like conve- smaller convention center rooms and stuff like that, like yeah. meeting rooms and things like yeah. that, that they open up yeah. and they'll use those for a lot of the, particularly the strength events. Like the XPC had their own room uh, the kettlebell venue had their own room. USAPL had their own room. So these are off of the main hallway. They're not actually okay. on the expo floor, okay. but then you go into the expo and you've got multiple stages and floor area where they do like Highland games and some of the strongman contests. And, and, you know, they, they got the big stage, which is where they did most of the, most of the strongman events up until the, the final event and the awards, like on Saturday night, that was yep. in the main auditorium. Yep. So you've got so much like it really like if you're wanting to see like a lot of di- a lot of the things between the strongman and the powerlifting, you've got to know like so like that, that's what I'm asking is you know he might have done it in like the in one of the deadlift only events which would have been on the main stage or I, he might have yeah. done it in full meet competition which would you know so I mean it's so hard to well I know, you know for, so I'll find to, we'll find out when he's on but I do know it was strictly deadlift he didn't participate yeah. in anything else yeah um, but congrats on that. That is a killer deadlift, man. Um, oh, that's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. He, he's a very, he's a, re- he's had a lot of injuries the last few years. He's conquered him and, um, he's a great guy. He and his wife and daughter, and he was on here because he's got, um, he set up a couple different, um, I don't know if I'd call, I guess charities you call them. He lost his young son to heroin and, um, oh, yeah, they thought, they had it licked, and like a lot of kids, they find him dead in their bed. Um, and it killed Sean and his family pretty bad. But he's the kind of guy that, you know, rose and he helps people, and they, you know, they, they generate money. You know, they, they do a big powerlifting contest here. At, I believe it's ABC Gym where he goes. Um, you know, he could have he just said, the hell, he's a business owner. He owns an insurance company. Um I say kudos to him and his family. Um, it's got to, I know he said, what well, he's told me stuff offline too. Um, you talk about a punch in the stomach a billion times that, you know, you, most people would never get up from to think he's gone on, his family's gone on. They've created things to help people and he pulls a monster deadlift. I mean, what, that's what I'm saying. That's what we got connected here at Eminem. Um, let me ask you this, and and we're, then we're going to kind of fade right into stands out. Being around, and I know it was shoulder to shoulder. Any athletes? Well, I don't care what it is, what genre. 
Anything catch your eye um, that? Yeah. Made you, okay, shoot. So, so when I got in, you know, unfor- well, not unfortunately, but Friday, I uh, I went over to Westside Bar Barbell okay. in the morning, and yeah, I, I, I trained over there. Yep. So, yeah, so I did that, and then I actually had some work to do. I had to do my uh, online uh, coaching programs and stuff. So I didn't get over to the uh, on Friday. I didn't get to get over to the expo until toward the end. I mean, it might have been like. 3.30 or 4 o'clock, and the expo right. usually wrapped up at 5 or 5.30, but I, ha- I also had a ticket to see the uh, West Side versus the World documentary on Friday night, which was over uh, in one of the rooms over in the expo area as well. So I had to go over there. Um, so I wanted to get there with enough time to, to at least make a lap around the expo floor, and because you know, Friday is always a lighter day than Saturday, mm-hmm. um, so it's easier to get around to the booths and stuff like that. And Sunday, it's easier too, but Sunday is also the day that some of the booths are closing down early because they want to get out of town, you know, they don't get their stuff. So it's, you know, Friday is a great day to see everything that's there without the same yep. crowd involvement. But right when I walked into the uh, expo, I heard over the, the you know, loudspeaker, uh, they were announcing the Husafel Stone Carry and Brian Shaw was up. And I was like, oh, shit, that's my favorite, that's my favorite strongman event, you know, and you got yeah. Shaw's about to do it. I was like, shit. So I, I, I ran to the to the back of the expo where the the main stage was where they were doing the event. And I saw Shaw getting ready to do his lift. And then right after he did his, uh, Thor did his. Oh, damn. They were the last two. Yeah. They were the last two athletes, um, for that event. And then the stone was the last strongman event for the day. So that was just perfect timing to get to see the, the two monsters of the event get to do their carries. And it was really cool, man. And also gives you an appreciation. Like I've seen Brian Shaw in person before. I've never seen Thor, uh, because I was kind of done going to a lot of those events before he really came onto the scene. So back when I was going to the Arnold, you know, you'd always see guys like Zaviskus yeah. and, uh, you know, Brian Shaw was coming up and, and, you know, you, you got to see the, the kind of shift to this, this newer generation of competitors. Um, so it was awesome to see him, man. And seeing him on that damn stage around some of the guys like Magnus and Mark Henry and, you know, some of these bigger, you know, legends of the sport and, and to see them getting basically, I don't want to say dwarfed, but, you know, Thor yeah. power over like a regular strongman. So it was really impressive to, to see him and Shaw, who's another massive, you know, land animal, you know, doing their, uh, <laughs> doing their events. Um, so it was cool. I'm glad I got to see the Husafel carry. Uh, cause you know, that that's my, you know, because going back to the original, uh, uh, what, what that stone really is, you know, over in Iceland and appreciating, uh, you know, what is that? That's always my favorite event, but, uh, that was cool to see. And, and then, you know, that was really it. That kind of wrapped up Friday, you know, then I went to the documentary and then Saturday I was over in the kettlebell venue most of the time because one of the guys that I, I coach was competing. Oh, so great. I spent the day over there and just kind of catching up with some friends from that community, you know, had lunch yeah. and with them. And then we caught the UFC that night. So I didn't really get, I got on the expo floor once on Saturday, but it was just, like I said, it was a zoo. You know, yeah. we went around, watched some of the, we were tr- I'm trying to go watch Blaine Sumner, uh, who benched a uh, thousand five. Wow. You know, the vanilla gorillas. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, he's, he's an absolute monster. And the things that he's doing in single ply competition are like, you know, he, he's, he's exceeding what a lot of the guys in the multiply federations are doing under much stricter uh, judging. I mean, it's, it's damn impressive. So getting to see him lift is awesome. Um, and then uh, that, that was really about it for Saturday, you know, and then we went back to the, to the kettlebell venue and stuff like that. But, uh, Let but me you know, ask what they're doing. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt, but Scott, I got a question. Did Half Thor won the Husafel event, didn't he, or, or who? Oh, he, yeah, he won the event, yeah. and he yeah. ended up winning the, the entire strongman contest. But, uh, like, Shaw's carry was 108 feet or something like that. I mean, he basically made one lap around the stage. Yep. Um, 
Thor went two and a partial, and I think Thor's distance ended up being like 218 feet or something. Wow. So he he just like you know he crushed what uh he he doubled what what Shaw did. Um, and it was uh you know I, I know that's a damn heavy lift, and you know that's a lot of work, but those two make it look pretty easy and pretty attainable. You know, oh, the yeah. ease that they do, you think, yeah, I could just walk up there and pick that up. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how strong those guys are. What do you think, you know, we're looking down the road at, because, you know, I've had people tell me some people like the Arnold now even better than WSM. All right. Regardless, what do you think the new, the, the next athlete's going to be? I mean, you got to figure you're not going to find six, eight, six, nine guys all over the place to do this. Do you see it coming more back to maybe a between or Zaviskus or a Kaz or whatever? If you had to make a prediction, say the next three years, where, where do you see Strongman? I mean, I know these two guys still dominate, but it's, what do it's, you think? I don't know, man, because the events kind of favor, uh, people with, with leverages for pulling. Yeah. So I think that's why, like, if you compare a strongman, uh, an elite level strongman competitor with an elite level powerlifter, you're going to see massive difference in the leverages. You know, there's no powerlifters aren't walking around. And I know, you know, Thor's starting to cross over. I think he just did his first official powerlifting meet. Yeah. Uh, but he's not built like your average powerlifter. Your average powerlifter is going to be like a, uh, mid five, uh, yeah. even like, you know, Donnie Thompson, who I think, right. Goes around five ten or five eleven. Right, he was damn near four hundred pounds. You know, I mean, he was a massive, massive. But when you look at the leverages required to bench press, a lot of these these strongmen have really long arms. And it's yeah. not saying you know Thor's got a big bench press, but you know, it remains to be seen: is he going to be able to bench press over a thousand like the elite? You know, right. I, mean, I mean, that's a different that's a different sort of uh, strength and a different different leverage. Uh, that's required to do those things, and it's just a lot easier when you have shorter arms and a and a thicker torso versus right. these strongman competitors who are have really long arms. But I mean, you know, these strongmen are pulling; they're all pulling in the thousands now. I know. And, and granted, the rules are a bit different, you know, but still, I mean, you know, people are going to argue straps or no straps, which grip is definitely a limiting factor. Um, you take away the the straps, and you know, Thor's not pulling what he's pulling with straps. No, obviously. no way, no, no. So under powerlifting rules. It's going to be different, but I'd still say the the strongmen would have the best deadlifts and powerlifting competition just because they have better leverages for pulling. Yeah. So it's really tough to say because every sport has uh, the optimal, you know, the model athlete build. You know, so I, I don't I don't know because these guys are basketball players who got super super jacked. Yeah, I know. You know I mean, they're, it's they're these basketball yeah. guys. Um, so did they set, you know, a new standard for strongmen? And is it going to be those freaks that are that big, you know, who eventually cross over into it? Or is it, you know, after these guys are kind of done and, and they retire, is it going to shift back to a little bit bit shorter of an athlete with different leverages? Yep. But, you know, the, the, the build of the athlete is always going to determine the the progress in the various lifts in my in my opinion no, I, you know, I think you're always going to have an outlier yep. but that's not going to be the norm like if you look at 100 meter sprinting Usain Bolt isn't your typical uh body structure right. for a 100 meter sprinter but if you look at the majority of the greats they're not built like Bolt you know he's no, right he's more of an outlier as a physical specimen in, in my opinion 
And I think that, you know, that's just the same in the strength sports. So it's hard to say, but, you know, I mean, you know, look at the, with the majority of the, you know, the strongmen were always Titans, you know, is the sport of all where it is. So I don't think you're ever going to see like a highly competitive strongman much under, you know, like a low six, you know, like like probably six, three to six, five is about the, the shortest to the, the middle of the pack that I think you're going to see with those. I don't think you're going to see the five, eight guy. No, you know, I don't think you're going to elite power lifter who can cross over into that sport. No, nope. uh, just because they don't have the leverages for, for a lot of the events. You know, they might be able to do one event really well, but with strongman, you've got to be good at a lot of different disciplines, you know? Well, I'm thinking too, if your height, you know, if you are under six foot, just one event sticks out totally to me is Atlas stones. I mean, you're going to have yeah. to clean that off and put up, put those stones on all different heights. Some of those heights for someone that's that short might be a cause of concern. So, look, the way I look at it is this way. Anybody that wants to do it has got the guts to do it, do it. You never know. You know, it's like everything. you got a freak at 6'7", you could have a freak at 5'9". You know, let, let's talk about Ahola, for instance. That was a freak. He's a freak. Okay? But... They only come around every so often. That's my point. And if it was the case, it's like, you know, we talked about this before. You know, it's the same thing you hear out of people. When we talk, you know, especially because John and I are involved so heavily with all this power rack stuff. And, you know, Bill March and Dr. Ziegler back then, and you'll hear everybody say, well, they were all on Diana Ball. Well, if they are all on Diana Ball and you took Diana Ball XYZ, then you could do the same thing. Wrong. Wrong. So, I, I think a lot of that's just BS. But that that's in a whole other show. Um, or and this leads right into what we we're going to get into. Besides, Scott and I were going to talk about standing out. Now, this can go for anything in your life, but you're watching athletes here, like it or not, respond. They've worked very hard, and here they are on the day of the Arnold or any event for that matter to show you what they've come up with and what they're going to do with the idea we're going to win and go home successful in your mind, Scott, being a trainer, being a lifter and being around athletes that just, what we just talked about, like half Thorne, Brian Shaw, just off the chart. What stands out in your mind about a successful athlete or anybody, entrepreneur, what is it you see? What is the characteristic that's quite common in these men and women that resonates with you? Well, I mean, for an athlete, you've got to have the body first. You know, you, you've got to be – the genetics have to be there. And when I say genetics, I, you don't need to be a genetic freak. Right. But, you know, talk about model athletes. You know, you're not – if you're 5'5", five, five, you're probably not going to be the NBA no matter how big of a basketball fan you are, no matter how much you train and practice, right? Right. It doesn't mean there aren't those freaks and outliers – but that's not the norm. So you've got to have the body for what it is you're trying to do athletically. But I think the biggest thing is because once, once the physical is there, you know, they, they all train, they all get great coaching, you know, all, all they all, to get to the highest level, they all possess a very similar physical ability. I think what separates the best from uh, the pack of the, the greats, the elites or whatever, you know, what separates the very, very, the smallest percentage of the best is the, the mental game. Yeah. And, and you know, I think when you talk to these, it's different when you're talking to an elite av- athlete versus somebody who's just really, really good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, you know, think about collegiate athletics. 
you know, a lot of, there's a lot of great college football players who don't make it to the NFL. Right. Um, and, and I think part of what separates, you know, at that level, it still is physicality, I think, on, on, on some level. But, you know, your Division One, your average Division One football player is still a physical stud. You, yep. you know, I mean, they're, they're just over the average person. I mean, they're just they're they're a physical stud. Yep. Um, so I think when when the when the physical qualities are all in place, when the technique is all in place, it's the mind. It's the mental game that takes them that to, to the, the highest level of competition, you know, in believing that they can push the game a little bit further, believing that they can push their physical ability, believing that they can accomplish uh, the the thing that can break that record or whatever uh, without the, you know, I mean, look at the, it's cliche, but talk about the, the four minute mile, you know, everybody right. said it could be done. Once it was done, how yep. many more people did it that following year? You know, exactly. we just saw it with the thousand pound squat and powerlifting, you know, once the first person squatted a thousand, then boom, boom, boom. You know I mean? So a lot of times it's the, what's more impressive to me isn't the guy that's squatting 1,200 now. It's the Lee Morans and the, what was it, uh, who, who did it before? It was, uh, was it Wobler? No, he was a deadlift. No, he was, yeah. Lee Moran, I remember seeing pictures of him. Yep. Lee Moran was the first guy to do it in a national level contest, but there was somebody else from Ohio who did it. Uh, I, I, I want to say can't. it was Lee Wobler, but I, I'm going to get the name wrong. All but right. there was somebody who did it at a smaller contest before Lee Moran. But Lee Moran was the one who did it on the big national stage. Yep. And I, you know, I almost have more respect for Not that I don't, eh, this is coming out wrong. You know, I mean, I, I respect anybody who gets under a damn barbell. But the guys that did it the first time when nobody else had done it, you know, that the level of mental tenacity, once you see it done, I think it'd be, and, and it doesn't negate anybody who squatted over a thousand since Lee Moran did it. That's an amazing accomplishment. But to be the first guy to go in uncharted territory. You know, it's like going to the moon, man. You know, Neil, you know, there's a lot more pressure on Neil Armstrong than anybody else has been there since it. You know, I, I mean, it, it's, so it, it's the same, it's the same thing with athletics. You know, the first guy to step into that uncharted territory is pretty damn, pretty damn impressive. And I think there's even more of a mental game, you know, associated with that, you know. Well, you know what it is too? It, it was very interesting a few weeks ago. I was talking to a couple high school football players. And you see how things have kind of changed mentally. Um, It wasn't so much winning a championship. It was like, well, I just want to get there. And I was like, wrong mental approach. You know, and they're like, what do you mean? I was like, if you just want to get there, you're not going to win any titles like that. And they kind of looked at me and I'm like, this is kind of, the consensus with a lot of the younger guys and girls playing sports, not all. Cause like when I talked about yesterday, when I talked to John, who's 17 and it's going to be very interesting when people hear that show, what he said about a lot of his peers. And I wouldn't say it was ultimately positive either. The ones it does see, I've had this with other people, Scott, it's this, People think just because they're younger and what's going on now, they're all they're all the same way. That is false. That is not true. There's a lot of kids out there that still have great mentors, coaches, and some of them definitely have parents that really understand what this stuff is all about. Most people, though, don't put a big high-end um, – I can't think of the word I want to use um, – 
Well, it, it, it's not up on the top of their wish list. Let me put it to you that way. It's much easier now because we live in a society where we don't want a lot of people being better than one another. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. As Dan Penna says, you know, they're all a bunch of and snowflakes. Um, but this is my thought, totally. If you're going to do something, this is what Lombardi said, Coach Lombardi. You don't do it well once in a while. You do it well all the time. And these are what success ideas are, standards, whatever you want to call them to live by. And the thing is, everything is habitual, folks. That means habits, if you don't know. Everything's a habit. You can have a habit, get up every morning and say, like I hear at this place, I uh, go and make some money. How, you, how are you today? Life sucks. I say, have a nice day. I won't even sit there and absorb them. Okay? Secondly, which I think is so important, and I've said this before and before and before, all right? Success builds confidence. There's no doubt about it. Secondly, though, okay, when we talk about standing out, how you conduct yourself, are you a smart mouth with everybody? When you meet somebody for the first time, as my pop always said, shake hands with them, firm handshake. Don't break their hand and look them in the eyes. If the handshake is kind of mealy and they can't look at you, you don't do business with them. You can be very nice to them. Whatever you're going to do, finish it up and excuse yourself. Shake hands and say goodbye. Thirdly, you want to stand out. This is bigger than ever. Who are your friends? Who are you associating with? Who are the people that as you grow in every which way and become better and better, who are you hanging around with? My point is what I try to do all the time, and I hate that word try and I apologize for that. What I do, especially in entrepreneurship, I will associate with anyone that is better than me. And people say, oh, why do you do that? How do you think you're going to learn if I'm hanging with all the same people? You're not, all right? So if you want to stand out in sports, in entrepreneurship, in who you attract to be your girlfriend, boyfriend, where you live, this is all the power of intention. And to stand out, you have to have all these mental prerequisites and growing them. Because as Scott said, there's a lot of great physical specimens out there. We know that. And we've talked about this before. But have an injury or have to have surgery. Then you see who the real mental monsters are. They come back from adversity. I talked about Sean before. Talk about coming back from adversity. I know what it, I don't know what it's like, but I know as a brother. My parents lost Jimmy at a very young age to muscular dystrophy. I can't even imagine how that demolished him. It was the only time I ever saw my father cry in my whole life. And he was one of the toughest SOBs, Italian all the way. I've never, you know, he lost a son, man. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So you can come back from adversity. You can stand out. You can have the qualities. And I'm going to give this right to you, guys. this. If you are patient and you practice, 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 you know how we say at the end of the show, repetition, 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 courtesy of Frank Klein, you do that, 
and you do that and you do that, you're going to attract the things, people, and events that are going to come into your life. If you use the attitude where, woe is me, I quit, I can't do it, what do I need it for? And then you're listening to the choir out there that are saying, they still say to me, what, what point do you have going to Iceland now? And I'm like, what? I don't even like to answer people. And sometimes, man, you got to just drive it home to them, and they don't know what to say. And I'm very forceful with stuff like this. And I'll say to them, it was an injury. It happened. It got fixed. We haven't been there since I think 11 or 12 was the last time I went, building two businesses. Well, how do you know you're ever even going to get there? I said, I, that, I've promised that. Before I leave the earth, I will get back to Iceland and crush that stone finally. Well, I, I don't know. You know, Well, I don't care. Right? And one of the things you're going to learn right away if you want to stand out and be a success, and people have written me and said they thought it was cruel when I said that, I don't care what people think with what I'm doing with stuff like that. Because if you're worried about what people are thinking about you all the time, you're flat on your ass and you're living the same life they are. I listened to a thing or read a thing recently. I think it was 75 or close to 80% of people didn't like themselves. How sad is that? It's all yours, Scott. I'll leave you with that. You know, uh, when you were talking about the the athletes early on there, um, I, I've got a perfect example of that. I worked with a really high-level athlete who was a swimmer. Yep. I mean, th- this, this guy had a, a resume like uh, – you, I mean, he was nine-time All-American at Auburn University, primarily swam the 50-meter freestyle. 100-meter freestyle was a secondary event. Moved to Atlanta to uh, work with a coach up here and hired me as a strength coach. And uh, he actually, uh, you know, you talk about the, these kids that were, uh, they just want to be there, you know, yeah. but they don't talk about wanting to win. Yep. And, I mean, that, that's, you hit it on the head with this. You know, that this kid was insanely talented, I think, one of the hardest things for him stepping into professional ranks was swimming against the people that he used to idolize. You know, now they're his peers, um, and he still kind of put them ahead of himself because yeah. he would win the the smaller big events. Like he won in in 2013, I think it was. He won the U.S. Open. Actually, hit a PR in his 50. But then after that, he ended up swimming for Canada. Uh, they, they kind of recruited him. His father was had dual citizenship, so that made him eligible to do that, and he went up and he won their nationals okay so he's, he's ranked number one in canada in the 50 meter freestyle and did pretty well in the 100 um but right after canadian nationals they went to pan ams which was hosted in canada that year his relay team got a silver medal and then i think they got a bronze at worlds and when he came back to start preparation for the olympics which he yep. was getting ready for rio uh, i'd said to him i said man your guys's relay team is legit you know you guys are you guys are tough and he said to me, yeah, we might even pull off the bronze at <sighs> Rio. And <sighs> I, the, the first thing I thought was, well, there's also a gold and silver up for grabs too. And that said a lot to me about his mental – and it's not a, you know, it's not a nigh. I mean he's a, he's a great kid and he was, uh, he was a talented athlete. But all in all, his goal was only to be an Olympian. It wasn't to medal. And the sad thing about that was – he never realized his goal because at the big events, he always fell apart. Yeah. And he was stronger 
in my opinion, there wasn't a swimmer out there stronger than him. Like from a general physical standpoint, his technique was good. He proved that he could break records and that he could win. But when it counted, he fell apart. And it was because he didn't have the mental game. In case in point, Olympic trials weekend, six weeks prior to that, he competed in a regional event in Canada and they crushed it. He got first in everything except for the 100. He got second, which that's not his main event. But he got first, and he swam four relays in the individual 100, the individual 50 freestyle. Wow. First place in three of the relays, second place in one of the relays, first place in the 50 free individual, second place in the 100 free individual. Uh, His legs of all the relays were the fastest out of all the events, so he swam the fastest leg of any relay. So he basically had the best times in all the relay events. They got a Canadian national record and a provincial record in two of the relay events. So, I mean, he just had this hell of a meet. Six weeks out from Olympic trials where he didn't shave, he didn't taper, he just took a couple days off, went to the event, and crushed it. So I'm thinking, like, man, we got six weeks to Olympic trials. You know, he's going to be tapered, he's going to shave, he's going to do all the things he's got to do to get ready for contest. He's going to qualify for the Canadian Olympic team. He missed by one place in the the 50, or excuse me, the 100, and he missed by one place in the 50. (laughs) And here's a guy, he lost to people that he beat all the time. Yeah. And... When I watched him, because at the 100-meter event, when he went out, and they swim the prelims in the morning and the finals in the evening, when he went out for the prelims in the morning, it wasn't televised, so I didn't get to see it, but his dad was texting me, you know, giving me updates. He finished third. He broke a PR in the 100. Like, he crushed his PR in the 100, mm-hmm. and he pulled back about the last 15 meters because the rest of the pack did too, and they, they in their mind, they're like, well, I'm going to save it for the night show, but it's like, dude, you're talking about a a 48 second race. You can recover from that in eight yeah. hours, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I don't get that whole, let's pull back in the morning, but regardless, he crushed it in the prelims. So at, at the night event, it's, you know, I, I, I pull it up, I'm watching the stream and stuff like that. The top eight guys are going out to see which four are going to go to the Olympics for the hundred meter in the relay team. And everybody is walking out to the pool. He looked scared. His face was yeah. like white as a ghost. He looked like he'd never been in a pool before, and it just it said to me right there he was lacking the mental game. And it goes back to what you said about these kids that they just want to get there. You know, they don't have the mindset. I want to go there and kill everybody. You know, I (laughs) want. Yep. Said to me, yeah, we might even we might even be able to pull off the bronze. (sighs) You know, that just that that tells you right there what we talked about the difference in mindset, which makes the the best of the elite what they are and which makes the rest of the elite you know the rest of the top competition you know what, what separates them from the people who do win gold and who do break the records and you know who do go on to be the the legends in their sport it's a mindset you know look at Kaz man you hear Kaz oh. on podcast nowadays he still has the damn mindset even Hell though yeah. he couldn't hang with the top top guys you know, just because of age and, and, and stuff. I mean, but he still has that mindset of a champion, yep. you know, even now when you talk to him, it's just something that, that those guys have regardless, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what the whole thing is too. I always say people that are like, well, maybe, or whatever, you know, all you're doing is plucking low hanging fruit. You're not going for the top of the tree. And then secondly, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, I'll repeat it. Earl Nightingale and Napoleon Hill. What you think about most is coming to you whether you want. That young swimmer that you coached, you know what his mindset was now. I mean, when you can see him and his eyes are caught, you know, like a deer in the headlights, 
you know damn well disasters on its way because you've been around enough athletes you see how they think what you know i can usually when someone comes over here and wants to get wants to hire me I, and I've told people, I just don't think you're a right fit. You know, after the first 10 words out of their mouth, you can kind of figure where they are. Now, if they have that desire to get better, they're worth the challenge. But you as an individual, as a trainer too, I mean, um, yeah, it's nice to make the money. But I'm not a person that would lead anybody on to get their money. And I'm very honest with people. And not in a negative or destructive way to them but let's face it not everybody you i everybody are we're all meant to work together with an individual or individuals so that's a big thing but standing out is very important and we need leaders and people that stand out are normally leaders we need leaders in society we need leaders in every genre we're in because they really are setting everything up where it's just a pool of individuals that are what I say is just vanilla. Uh, I don't believe in that. Um, I see it even where I am. Um, we just blend in if we don't want to rock the boat or do anything. But, you know, if something's right, wrong, or needs to be answered, it would have to come to catastrophic points to be even addressed. That, and I can't speak for Scott, and I'll ask him that, but I would never conduct either of my businesses like that. The rule here is um, slow to hire, quick to fire. That's my thing now because learning from being burnt so much, and that's my fault. But people say to me, well, it's not. You know, you're just learning. That is true. But it's my fault that things happen to here, me, and everything. I take the responsibility. I don't shove it off on somebody else or say it's unfair. Life can be unfair, but it's up to you to go back and punch life right in the nose, man. And kids aren't taught that. Even adults don't know it. I mean, Scott could probably attest to it. You know, I love talking to people. That's why I do this stuff. And I, I've said before, you go out places and, you know, they'll ask you, hey, you lift. I'm like, yep. And what do you do? Yep. And it's like... Um, you get talking to them, and it's like, well, you know, I used to lift about 25 years ago. Yeah, but, you know, uh, you get married, and the wife doesn't want and we have kids. And I'm saying to myself, give me a violin right now, all right? And I'll say to them, you know what? Well, if that was the case, why can't you start now? Well, you know, I get out of work. I'm tired. We have dinner. I'm, uh, you know, I'm watching the TV. I fall asleep. My wife's waking yeah, me just, up at 11 o'clock. excuses, man. Yeah, it is. It all is, brother. And you know what? If you don't like the way you look, which I already said, most people don't. If you don't like where you are, why the hell aren't you changing it? I'll tell you why. It's called fear. F-E-A-R. Fear. And I'll just end it with this, is this. I said it yesterday. I think I wrote it. I don't remember. Did I write it? I think I did. False expectations appearing real. That is fear. I've had people send me notes. Could you please send me what that is again? It is. And in my opinion, the fear is all conjured up, created by yourself and what you listen to. And before I give it back to Scott to wind it up, I will tell you this, everybody, I say it. Just be very careful what you listen to what you're watching, what you're absorbing, because I've said this and I'll say it to the day we don't have another breath on this show. 
You build from the inside out. It's not the outside in where most people take all that experience and destroy themselves. You poison your veins, folks. Scott, um, summarize anything. Take your time. Answer anything you want. Give out your info. I'll give mine, and we'll get ready for our next show. Because if I didn't have to go and I don't know what your schedule is, I could talk to you for another hour easily. So it's all yours, brother. You know, my uh, the guy that, that runs his jiu-jitsu academy uh, at my gym, we, we share rent to the, the same building. Uh, he's I, I've actually been training with him for a while now, and uh, I've actually been a strength coach for many years. Sure. And he's a great example of what we just talked about because, you know, he's a, uh, you know, he he's a, a veteran, you know, got out of the Marines, you know, married, he's got two kids. Um, he's got all these like real life responsibilities, yet somehow he actually just got his black belt the other day, which, you know, shout out to him for doing that. that that's nice. awesome. He did it in just over seven years, nice. which should show his dedication right there to, uh, to being the best that he can be in jujitsu. But when he got his blue belt, he decided he wanted to start competing. And that's when he wanted to take sport of jujitsu very, very seriously. You know, here's a guy who has, you know, at the time he, he worked for the power company down here. He had a full-time job. He yep. had, you know, wife, kids, family responsibilities. He didn't have the luxury of living like a professional athlete yet somehow over all those years of competition, he ended up becoming the best Brown belt in his division uh, in the IBJJF, in 2017, he won gold at Pans, Nogi Pans, Worlds, Masters Worlds, Nogi Worlds. Uh, some of them were double gold, where he won the absolute, in addition to his weight class as well. And he amassed enough points to become ranked number one in his division, the IBJJF. So here's a guy who's competing at a level that you know most you'd consider most professional you know athletes. He's doing the things, but he doesn't have the luxury of living that lifestyle because he's got all these real life things yep. that most people use as an excuse to keep them from doing something great. You know, it's just about priorities. You know, he, he devotes the time that he does have to becoming the best that he can at his art. And that's attending all his jujitsu classes with his teacher. That's going and doing the open mats with the other schools, cross training, you know, uh, that's, working on his, his game, you know, evaluating his weaknesses, working those in his training, you know, focusing, you know, making the time to come in and do his strength conditioning, you know, when he could, he, he, he could very easily say, no, you know, I got, my daughter's got gymnastics. I got to, I got to go do this. You know, I might, my, my kid plays, you know, football or baseball. I've got to go do this. You know, I mean, he could use those, well, you know, the day's shot because we got to, no, it's like, he's going to, take his daughter to her gymnastics event, get her home. Then he's going to go do his training afterwards. Yep. You know, he's not going to use it as an excuse to blow off training for the day. And you see people with less responsibility than Chris who blow off, you know, so they just don't want to do it. Whereas he's got this deep down desire to be the absolute best. And he's going to, you know, there's no perfect situation. He's going to do what he can with the time that he has. And, that's what makes that that's the difference, you know, right there between people that don't accomplish great things and the people that do accomplish great things. You know, it's not easy, you know, for him, but he's going to do it, you know, regardless. So he's going to suck it up and he's going to train at maybe not the most optimal times. He's going to, you know, do the best that he can, you know, better than nothing. And eventually all that focus, <clears throat> you know, that mental focus and the physical training it resulted in him accomplishing his goals. You know, now he's, he's a jujitsu black belt. He started his own Academy. You know, he's ranked number one in his division, IDB, IBJJF. He's won a ton of gold. I mean, he's, it's, it's, it's a great, 
it's a great example of somebody who becomes, you know, exceptional beyond elite. Without, oh, without it. Yeah. Without, without a doubt. The opportunity. Yeah. Without the opportunity that a professional athlete would have, you know, so right there having the mental tenacity to, to buckle down and, 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 you know, do the best that you can with what you have. I mean, tell me you can't accomplish great things. He's an, he's, he's, uh, a, a supreme example of somebody accomplishing great things with without the the optimal you know opportunity without being able to just just wake up and train and eat and take a nap and then go training you know I mean it's, yeah, it's, it's oh, a different yeah, lifestyle than pro athlete so it's it's all about mindset and you saying screw it man I'm gonna do it you know I don't care what I got to do to do it but I'm gonna do it well you know what I think too I think you hit a big uh, a big key there is this. Sometimes when you don't have all that free time and you're and you're locked into doing so many things, you realize if you're that hungry and the word I want to use he's building momentum all the time is this. Whenever he has an opportunity to train, he does it. He's got it set and I think a great way to become a champion is not to have a lot of leisure time, to have things tugging at you. I mean, I know you with me, with the businesses. I mean, I know you've got other responsibilities like myself. I, I mean, I've got stuff tugging at my tail every day, but I've had to learn how to discipline myself when I go outside and train. That's it. All right. Uh, come back in, start work again. A, a consistent flow of that, and I think at times, especially if you're the disposition of that, it can work into your favor. Hell, would I like to be going every day and getting a massage and 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 getting you know ART and all that? Absolutely. But right now, it's not there for me right now. So what I do is I learn other techniques. I learn how to take my time and become such a time manager. I drive people insane. I'll say, well, I can't do that. Well, why? You know, everybody's coming over. I have work to do. Well, you can't skip one night. I could if I wanted, but I'm not going to because, see, I can't get that time back. Now, do I do that with everything? No. I mean, if I know something's coming up, I'll schedule it if it's that important. But normally, no. No. And then, you know, you get all the the verbal and all this crap, and you know what? When I'm in the position where I want to be, I'll be around you more than you want me to be around you. My point is this. You have to draw out what's most important to you. When you can do that, let me tell you, you're going to savor those wins like you wouldn't believe. And that's the point I want to just leave you with. Scott, anything else? Give out all your info. Take it away, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, Great conversation today, man. I really enjoyed the show, and it's always good to be on with you. Um, just to, just to kind of recap for people, if they want to find out the things that I'm doing, if they go to my website at eptsgym.com or scottshetler.com, got links to everything, uh, that I'm doing as far as my blog, the books that I've, I've written, uh, the video blogging that I do, my podcast page, uh, links to, you know, what I'm doing with my athletes, uh, what they've accomplished. And I've also, uh, my YouTube channel has been getting a lot, a lot more, uh, updated lately. Uh, my, uh, jujitsu coach, Chris, who I just mentioned, uh, he and I have been doing kind of a series on, uh, uh, training for strength training for combat athletes. So what we're doing is these, these short little videos where we take, uh, exercise. We've been doing a lot of kettlebell stuff lately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where, where we take, uh, we take some exercises and stuff like that and show kind of our favorite exercises that we use with, uh, 
the strength conditioning programs of jujitsu athletes and stuff and kind of kind of the link between the, the general physical preparation and the spe- uh, specific physical preparation of combative athletes. So we're putting out, we're pumping out a bunch of videos. I actually just shot a lot of content before I went up to the Arnold and I, I spent some of my downtime at my, uh, at my Airbnb, just kind of editing some of those videos, getting them up on my YouTube page. So we're getting a lot more activity going on my YouTube channel. So there's links to that on my website if people want to check that out as well. And that's a big project that we're hoping is going to spiral into some some books and some educational material as well as some seminars and things like that. So like I said, just go to those uh, websites, eptsgym.com or scottsheller.com. They should find links to everything that I'm doing as well as all my social media. I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook, uh, always kind of highlighting what it is my athletes are doing. I, I don't understand these trainers that, you know, I, I was, when I look at social media, it's mind blowing to me. Yeah, it there's, is. There's, there's these trainers that live on fucking social media and it's like, they're, they're, they're all they're doing is posting about themselves. Yep. It's like, I don't have the time, you know, for one, nobody cares about what I do. You know, I, everything that I post on social media for the most part has to do with the athletes that I'm training. I want to showcase the things that we're doing with them yep. because those are the results that we're getting from the training programs that we're doing at the training center. So I'm very active on uh, Facebook and, and Instagram, mostly highlighting what it is the people that I'm training is doing. I do a little bit about my training because I get some questions every now and then. But for the most part, it's just to highlight the people that I'm working with and show some of the cool stuff that they're doing. So they can find links to those pages as well on those websites. And I uh, just want to say thanks again for having me on, man. Really enjoyed it and looking forward to our next one. Same thing, Scott. Great guy to have on here. Great part of the Eminem family, let me tell you. Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. As I said, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com. If there's a show you'd like Scott and I to do, I'm sure he and I can do anything. I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. Um, and if you listened with today's show, especially, you know, I love the breakdown of the Arnold. And obviously what we talk about here. It's just stellar stuff, man. I mean, I don't, you know, Scott's doing plenty of stuff, obviously, with his own businesses, myself too. But when you hear minds come together like this, and it's like this with everything, just some people we flow like crazy with because we just know each other well enough now. Um, If you're not getting anything out of this, you've got to really re-examine what you're thinking, what your values are, and and what I always say, what is your teachability? So, you know, that's the point of this whole thing here. We're giving you things to think about. We're giving you routines. We're giving you mental tenacity. You should really take advantage because there's not a lot of stuff out there like this. I'm telling you right now, I get notes all over the place. I can't believe I found you. Somebody told me. I just joined Etched in Stone. It's helping all my stone lifting, my lifting. This is what I've always wanted to do my whole life. And I'll tell you, I wish I did it 20 years ago. I just wasn't ready, or maybe I just didn't have the guts. I'll even say that. It's a big leap to do this stuff. And you got to believe in yourself when nobody else does. So bear in mind all these things Scott and I talked about today. And start listening to these shows over and over and over because every time you listen to this the next time you listen to it you've changed that's where the value is totally in this and in yourself um also too, itunes and stitcher five-star review that's what we've got and we thank everybody for that um we are on spotify we are on google um 
podcasting, and we're all over. There's all kinds of media we're on. I can't name it all off. Uh, we are an AHA directory, which you get M&M in your car 24-7. That's pronounced AHA. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words can change your life. Five words, folks. You'd be amazed. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You don't know what people are going through. And Scott and I have nailed this to the cross, I can't tell you how many times. You just don't know, man. You know, it could be the best athlete somebody admired. You talk to him and you're like, this guy or gal won that? Are you kidding me? I could crush him mentally in a second. That's what I'm saying. You never know. So that's that's what you got to do. Also, too, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And the Great Hoose of Steel Stone Crusher says, in blood red, domination. We're domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone's. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. I don't know if you, how you feel when you listen to this, but I got to tell you, we're near the end of this show, and I've got so many things outside of here I've got to go address. That's why Scott and I were on earlier today, and I thanked him for that. Um, I don't want to put this damn mic down right now. And that's called being inspired and loving what you do. And that's what I try to tell you. Commit and have that burning desire. You will be the biggest success you want to be, and you won't care about public opinion, folks. Okay? Get that in your head right now, because you're not going to make it if you don't. Also, too, Russell, uh, no one will ever clip our balls. Russell first says, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It is a tidal wave, and it's getting higher and wider every day, my friend. Also, too, Frank Klein, my greatest college business professor. Repetition, repetition, and repetition. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. And isn't that the truth? Also, too, um, my dad, be a leader not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, greatest chiropractor ever. And he would say to everybody as he walked him to the door, um, oh, geez, man, now I'm drawing a blank. Ah, uh, oh, man, I can't believe it. I got so many things I'm looking at right now. Um, uh, It'll come back to me. Um, Also, too, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by and tell a hundred or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Um, stick with us for the next 30 years. You need us. We need you. Les Brown, you all are winners, champions. We know that. But we take things two steps further. We believe in you and we got your back, and that's the way it's got to be. You know, that is the way it's got to be. Also, too, before I sign off with Scott, I just said winners, champions, and unstoppable. That is the life that you got to believe in because um, if you don't, you're going to be in big trouble. Doc Ridge was always keep smiling. How could I ever forget that? He probably just whispered it into my ear from heaven. But keep smiling. I'm telling you right now, say it to yourself no matter what you're doing, and it just does mind shifts with you. It's absolutely incredible. So remember this, winners, champions, and unstoppable family members here. 
go out and do something marvelous because the world is asking that from you. You can ask from the world and you should, but go out and offer something. Take your strength and make it greater than just your physicality. You will be amazed what will start to transpire in your life. Scott, winner, champion, unstoppable as yourself. Thank you for being on, brother. It's always an honor. And I'll tell you, we kicked, well, I'm going to swear, we kicked smoking ass today, brother. (laughs) Yeah, man, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And uh, like I said, looking forward to our next one, man. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, the thing that I love more than ever is the ability, like you have with your podcast and everything, we have an opportunity to go out and talk to could be 10,000, 50,000, 100,000, 10 million. What a, I mean, what a, a, an honor, gratitude. And before I sign off, I'm going to read this to you. This was a book my mom found about Vince Lombardi, who was one of my dad's favorites. And it's called Winning is the Only Thing. And it was edited by Jerry Kramer, who was one of the greatest guards to ever play football. Just brutal. And it goes like this. I saw the movie Patton, and it was Vince Lombardi. The situation was different, but the thought was the same. We're here to do a job, and each and every one of us will put everything we've got into getting the job done. That was Vince. Patton believed in reincarnation. Who knows? Maybe it was Patton who coached the Packers, and that was by Frank Gifford. Um, This show will be up tomorrow, no later. If I get time tonight, I might even do it, or at least get the show notes written. Because it's about, it's quite a long process to get this stuff all together and out on social media. So, um, we'll have Scott on next month. As I said, the show will be out there. Doc Ridge, remember, keep smiling. God bless him. He was the greatest. So, for Scott Shetler, this is Eric Fiorello. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. And keep listening and keep spreading the word of Eminem. We'll talk to you soon, everyone. And thanks. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.